Chapter 19 of the story of John Wesley told to boys and girls. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Alicia Messiah. The story of John Wesley told to boys and girls by Marianne Kirlew. Chapter 19 I think Mr. Wesley's greatest trouble at this time was that even his dear mother, whom he had not seen for a long, long time, believed many of the things that people were saying about him, and felt sure he had wandered away from the true religion of Jesus Christ. It does not do for us to believe all we hear, and when at last Mrs. Wesley went to London, and saw and talked with her sons, she found all the tales had been untrue, and that her dear Jack was the same loyal soldier and servant of Jesus Christ that he had ever been. Instead of going back to where she had been living, Mrs. Wesley, freed from her fears, remained in London with her boys, a proud and happy mother. She joined the society in Fetter Lane, went every Sunday to hear her sons preach, and helped them in every way she could. Once she stood by Mr. Wesley's side when he preached on Kennington Common to a congregation of about 20,000 people, and I don't know which was the prouder, mother or son. You remember Mr. Samuel Wesley, the eldest brother? He was one who strongly disapproved of open-air preaching, and thought John and Charles were very much in the wrong for not behaving like other clergymen. When he heard that even his mother had joined the Methodists, he was more indignant than ever, and wrote her what I think was a very rude letter. I was very much surprised and grieved, he said when I heard that you had joined the Methodist, and, indeed, become one of Jack's congregation. My brothers are brothers to me no longer, and now must my mother follow too. It is sad to think that two years after Mr. Samuel wrote this, he was taken ill and died in a few hours. He was a clever and a sensible man, but he did not understand or even try to understand, the work his brothers were doing, and therefore disapproved of it. When Mr. Wesley heard the news of his brother's death, he set off at once to Bristol, to Mr. Charles, and together they went to Tiverton, to comfort and help their sister-in-law. They forgot all the unkind things their brother had said against them, and only thought how they could best show their love and sympathy to those that were left. Poor Mrs. Wesley was very ill when she heard the sad news. She had always dearly loved her eldest child, and his death was a great sorrow. But she said, It is God's will, therefore it is all right. You can tell what a real comfort Mr. John was to her at this time, by the letter she wrote to Charles at Bristol about a month after Mr. Samuel's death. This is what she said. Dear Charles, 
You cannot want to see me more than I want to see you. Your brother Jack, whom I shall call son Wesley, now that my dear Sam is gone home, has just been in to see me, and has cheered me up ever so much. Indeed, he never comes but he does me good. His visits are all too seldom and too short. For this I cannot blame him, for I know he is about his heavenly father's business. But dear Charles, I do so want one of you, for I feel weak as a little child. I do pray that God will bless you both in your work and keep you from harm, and that he will give you strength and courage to preach the true gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the hearty prayer of, dear Charles, your loving mother, Susanna Wesley. Is that not a loving letter? No wonder Mr. Charles prized it very much. Little folks generally take care of all the letters they get. I know I did when I was a little girl. Indeed, I have some of them now. Grown-up people usually tear theirs up. They get so many. But this letter that Mr. Charles had from his dear old mother was too precious to be so treated. He took great care of it, and after his death it was found among his papers. End of chapter 19. Recording by Alicia Messiah.